Welcome to the interview show. This is Scott Wood, your host. I am sweating in a van of a band called Low Roar. I have one of the members here with me. I'd love it if you could introduce yourself. My name is Ryan Carazia. Hi, Ryan. Ryan is such a dedicated interviewee that he refused to chug his beer before we got into the van. I didn't know it was going to be a half an hour long. Would you like me to hit pause while you go chug that beer? No, it's okay. I'll get another one later. We are in your tour van, and it's one of those deluxe vans with the high roof. Yes. It is. It's a Sprinter, Mercedes Sprinter. It's nice. I didn't even know that was what you called it. It basically kind of looks like a van. It's just taller. You can stand up in it. Um, They're made by Mercedes. They have the sliding door like a regular van. Um... And it is 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 seats. Yeah, they're nice, comfortable, easy to drive. Super roomy. I would love you to pick one object in this van or maybe an object you wouldn't find in a tour van that's special to you and then describe that object. Where's the bucket? Do we have a bucket? Um, Because... um, I guess these sprinters are known to have a um, a problem with taking in water from the roof. So when it rains, uh, the water collects and then it dumps out and spills all over whoever's sitting there. So I think Mercedes is actually being sued right now because they haven't recalled any of these vehicles and they are spilling all over everybody's laptops on drives. So Ryan's tour manager is holding the bucket. Would you That's like to... Well, he is in the band. His name is Labor. He plays uh, keyboards and runs the programming and sings. So the keyboardist slash backup vocalist is holding the bucket. Would you like to say hi? Hi. <laughs> when Ryan is angry at someone in the band, are they punished by having to sit in that seat? Not at all. So how does somebody get to sit in the leaky seat? It's a good seat. You just, um, as long as it hasn't rained the night before, then you're fine. But... Today, it didn't rain last night, we thought, but then we turned a corner right after moving, or went over speed bump, and down it came, but it actually fell onto Steven's seat, and Steven, our sound guy, he sits here. This is Steven's, this is Steven's lounge. This is who, this is generally either Loy or Laver's lounge, depending on which one of them isn't driving. So just so you get an idea of what we're talking about, the driver's seat and passenger's seat are unoccupied. Right now, me and how do you pronounce your name? Labor. We're sort of in the middle back seat, and Ryan is in the back back seat. I am in the back back seat. But generally, I'm up in the cap- one of the captain seats. I think now that we've sorted out this van business, we should play a song by Low Roar. I'm going to play the track Breathe In, and I'm going to play the Carmen Rizzo remix. So, Ryan, I'd love you to tell me a little bit about this song. Well, this was the the first song written for the record and I actually wrote it at um, I was going through uh, a separation at the time and um, I moved in with our drummer and I wrote wrote it then didn't didn't think much of it um, yeah and uh, we actually when we went to record it it's about it was about seven minutes seven and a half minutes straight of an acoustic guitar and the guy who was producing the record um, who's a good friend of ours named Mike Lindsay um, by the time I had finished playing, because it's just an acoustic gu- guitar track that I played just to a click, um, he fell asleep. And then he woke up at the end of it and he said, ah, we're going to have to shorten that up a little bit. 
But we didn't. He just didn't see it yet. He didn't didn't see it as a whole. But uh, it was a funny moment. Thanks for that, Ryan. We'll be back after we hear Breathe In.
to the interview show. This is Scott Wood, your host. You just heard Breathe In by a band called Low Roar. We heard the Carmen Rizzo remix. I have Ryan and his bandmate. We're all sitting here sweating a little bit on a hot summer night in their tour van. I'd love it if I could get maybe his bandmate to talk a bit about this track. About this track? Um, yeah, so this is the remix we played, right? Yeah, um... There's a beautiful string section on there with, uh, from the girls in Amina. They, uh, they are a quartet out of Iceland, super talented. Um, they've done a lot of work with uh, Sigaros, for people who are familiar with that band. Amongst my favorite live shows that we ever did was the, was the shows that we did with Amina, when we bring them on, like for uh, the Iceland Airwaves Festival, like hometown shows, stuff like that. Yeah, which uh, we released on uh, on a live EP that came out with uh, along with the the remix that we just heard. All right, Low Roar, you guys have a super fascinating origin story. So Ryan, I'd love you to tell me a little bit about it. I'll start you off. You started off in another band. It was semi successful and it imploded. So maybe tell me a bit about this band. Um, yeah, you kind of just said it all right there. I mean, you know, I was. 18 years old, I started a band with some friends, and um, we made some songs, and then the next thing you know, uh, major labels and stuff wanted to be a part of it, and then that band slowly just, it, that was the decay, that was when it, everything kind of started to fall apart, just too many people putting their getting their hands involved, and then, you know, I became a little bit unhappy, we're all still really good friends, and then... Um, you know, then I was traveling back and forth to Iceland at the time, and then I had... Uh, I just want to stop you here, because I think that a lot of people who are listeners have been in bands or had creative projects fall apart. You were at that point, and then you decided to uproot yourself to another country and start over again. So I'd love you to talk a little bit about that emotional process, because I think everyone can identify with that. Um, well, I think I was prepared to move or to be... I I I felt like um, everybody around me was in this, um, you know, this uh, unescapable like cycle. And what they would do is, you know, leave bands and then just end up restarting bands with everybody that they were already familiar with. And I just had I had nothing really to lose. Um, and I thought at this point in my life, why not? And I moved, and I didn't even think about writing a record. I was just figuring, you know, I was going to do something, and then. Um, and then I wrote like two or three songs. And so hold on. Let's back it up. You didn't just move. It's not like you went from San Francisco and moved to San Diego. You went from the Bay Area to Iceland. Yeah. Yeah. That's what happened. Um, That's a big move. Yeah. It didn't feel that, that bad, though, to me because I, you know, I had been going back and forth between Iceland and San Francisco more than I had been going between San Francisco and a place like San Diego. I had been visiting there for a few years, so it just seemed really simple to me um so it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't extreme and i think people get caught up in this whole thing that like uh the whole first record is about this extreme change and me going through this um this heavy thing but it wasn't that it was just uh there was a lot of things that were tied in in into that record that people don't know about you know that maybe were more personal to me but it comes across that people think that i moved myself out into this cold country and i got depressed and then I wrote this record out of being alone and, 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 and sad and miserable, but that's not exactly 
how it really was. I actually moved to a place that I really wanted to be in, and I was really happy to be there. But there was a lot of things that were, you know, were, going, were changing, and you know, that's a, it is a change. Um, you know, I, you know, there's language barriers. There's all kinds of different things. It was hard to find jobs. Um, you know, and I was just adapting, but I wasn't miserable. But um, there were a lot more other things that were going that were involved in that record, even things that were back in California. So um, I think that kind of gets misconstrued a bit. People, yeah. One thing I'd love to get you to comment on is maybe just describe the physical differences between the Bay Area and maybe just talk about Iceland just so that people get a sense of it. Because Iceland is really someplace that you have to want to go to. It's not really a place where you're like, oh, I'm going to stop over for a couple of hours there. You have to, like, want to go there. Yeah, and I mean, now you can do stopovers in between there and, and, and to, to England and anywhere in Europe. But um, I guess... The main differences, so from California, where I'm from, um, in Northern California, you know, there's a lot of trees, mountains, it's generally warmer. Um, Iceland is generally about the hottest it gets is around 70 degrees Fahrenheit. I can't, you know, they do everything in Celsius. Um, That's the hottest. What is that in Celsius? It's like... Uh, mid twenties. Okay, so it doesn't even really. Yeah, generally it sits like between the hottest is. I mean, I've been there where it's been like twenty four, twenty five. That's the hottest. That's the hottest, though. You know, and and uh, but it, it feels good. You know, when you're in the sun and uh, you know you feel warm, you can be in a t shirt. Um, but I know. always hear about all the hot springs. Yeah. Well, yeah. There's hot springs. There's a lot of natural hot springs. It's a volcanic country. Um, and it doesn't get too cold. It's it's kind of where we are in Reykjavik. You're kind of on the Gulf Stream, so you're you're not getting this extreme cold and extreme heat. It's kind of this this level, like moderate temperature throughout um, throughout the year. Uh, and then you you know you start f- so far up north that you get you go from basically your lightest day to your darkest day. Um, your darkest being you know sun coming up a, l- a little before noon, going down after three thirty. And then your brightest day, which just happened, which the sun really never, ever sets. Um, Yeah, and there's not a lot of trees. So the mountains are very, like, you know, green and mossy looking on the rocks, but no trees. We're here, you know, all the way up from Northern California up here. It's, you know, mountains of trees, big, tall trees. Um, I don't know. I think change is good. and, And we've been asked this question a lot, whether or not these records could have been made if it wasn't done in Iceland and I think it, it could have it could have been anywhere it just needed um, some kind of extreme change just somewhere where you uh, put yourself in some place completely unfamiliar and that's I think the main thing behind it was just being in, in uh, an unfamiliar place but then again I was a bit familiar with it because I had been traveling back and forth for a while so so you're in a new place you start writing new songs tell me about that process it was really easy. I it was actually the easiest it's ever been for me. I've always had problems with finishing stuff, and it was the first time that I was just finishing things, and it came so simply. I never forced anything. It just it took just took a few months, and then the record was done. It, I can't even really recall the process. I remember writing the songs and recording them the day of, you know, because I'd be excited about a song and I'd record it and then start to add stuff, but um. It wasn't a struggle at all. It was the first time that actually something felt easy. Maybe it was probably because it was the most honest thing that I had done up 
you know, up to then, everything else I was maybe trying a bit more. This thing was, this just kind of poured out. So it was really, really nice. I think it's time to play a track. I'm going to play a track off the first record. I'm leaning towards playing Friends Make Garbage, Good Friends Take It Out. How do you feel about that choice? I was hoping that was the one you were going to play. Because those that song was written about two people that are from California. So that has nothing to do with Iceland. Nice. Well, let's listen to that. But just kiss the visions and hearts that go inside.
back to The Interview Show. This is Scott Wood, your host. You just heard a track called Friends Make Garbage, Good Friends Take It Out by a band called Low Roar. This is off their self-titled debut. I have two members of the band here with me, sweating it in the tour van. You guys are troopers. Thanks for doing that. I would love it if I could get the other member of the band to introduce himself and then talk a bit about this track from his perspective. Yeah, uh, hi, my name is Leiver Bjornsson. I, I am, uh, I run, I do programming and uh, play keyboards for Low Roar. Um, I asked you to introduce yourself because there's no way I could pronounce your name. <laughs> yeah, I, I get that a lot over here. <laughs> it's an Icelandic name, so that makes sense. But yeah, the track, um, I don't know, I, it's actually one of my personal favorites from the from the catalog uh i wasn't i wasn't involved in the project uh at that point but um ryan sometimes does that as an as an encore by himself and i i i immensely enjoy enjoy that um yeah it's just uh i don't know what it is i guess it's uh it has a strong strong hook in the melody and uh there's some there's something in in the lyrics just you know it paints a paints a beautiful picture in my mind (laughs) i don't know thank you i appreciate that all right before we listen to the track we were talking a bit about the origins of low roar and the first record you guys have put out another record you put out a record zero in 2014 so you have this wonderful cinematic movie-like origin story that pours itself into the first record now it's time to make the second record so i'd love you to tell me where you were when you started writing this one like I said, I was in our drummer's apartment, and um, you know, naturally, what you do as in Iceland, yeah, as a songwriter, you know, you just write. And um, what I did after putting out the record is I just started writing more songs, and started working with with all the guys, and then um, and then things start to take shape um, a bit. Um, so when you came to Iceland, did you have a full-form band, just a few friends? Where were you in terms of uh, band community? I didn't have anybody. I just moved and I brought, I remember I had two bags, one bag with a few keyboards and, and cables and pedals, a guitar and um, and a bag full of clothes. And then, um, and then as, you know, as I was living there and as time went by, I met people and, and and we started working together more and more. Um, so it's just kind of been this, you know, this evolving process. You know, the third record's going to be even more people involved in the third record than there was in the second. And then, you know, it's just kind of evolving. And I think, though, a lot of people are going to hear your story and be like, man, I wish I could do that. I want to do that. But I'm scared that if I go to a new location, it will be hard to make those connections. So maybe walk me through how you established yourself in this new community I mean I I think I was very fortunate I've I've had friends that have um, or known people that have lived in Iceland and, and other places and maybe not had as much luck um, as far as meeting people or, or just I got really lucky you know I just met a few good people and I think music it, being into music is what did save it a lot because there are a lot of artists and musicians and so I got to meet people and it started doing things and um, performing and I would meet more people and and then that's how this whole thing kind of took shape. If I had just moved and I didn't have music, you know, even just to get to the point where you meet, where you know more people and, and um, 
you know, s your social life is, uh, you know, fun and, and and exciting. Like I know people that you know aren't involved in music and have moved out there, and didn't maybe have the same perception uh, or perspective of on uh, that I that I get because of this, because of music, because of how many people I met. Um, so I don't know. I I mean I I guess you can do it. Just it, you know it, it's just you know how much effort you want to put into it. Do you? But then again, I didn't really feel like I really tried that much. I just was making a record and and then met people and it kind of happened naturally. Um, so maybe it's the opposite. Maybe it's maybe you don't have to overtry. Maybe it's just just be yourself and figure it out. How did Ryan get you to join this project? Um, we actually we met through a mutual friend. Um, we spoke about Mike, Michael Lindsay earlier, who uh, recorded the new album. Uh, him and I, him and I were in a band together, and uh, I don't know. I guess you guys, you guys already started on working on the record, and uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, and then our friend Mike was going. What is it. Ruby Tuesdays? <laughs> that is a chain of restaurants in Iceland. They're in the U.S. They're in the U.S. mostly, but there is one in Iceland. So this one night, uh, our friend Mike is going through like a rough situation. And he calls up the two of us, and we didn't really even know each other. And uh, he was in the studio, which was uh, which is just basically a garage behind a tattoo and a motor motorcycle joint. And the only bar that was open on that whole street was uh, the bar in Ruby Tuesdays. So that's where we met. And comforting, uh, comforting poor old poor old Mickey Lindsay. <laughs> <laughs> Did he get through? He's in a better place now than he was. Oh, yeah. Is he? Yes. It's called London. <laughs> it's called London? That's a better place? No, maybe just for him right at the moment. It's not a good place. All right. I think that is a great time to play another track by Low Roar. I'm going to play Vampire on My Fridge, the Pharaoh remix. So I would love it, Ryan, if you could tell me a bit about this track. So, um... I guess there's not really much to tell. Um, the title comes from a picture that my um, my ex-wife's son drew, and it was on our fridge. And um, I was writing the song, and then I looked up, and, and I had to save the the track. Just there was a, he drew a vampire in between the family picture, and, and so I called it "Vampire in the Fridge." And then I don't really like to dig into some of the songs too much lyrically because I feel like it will pigeonhole it a bit or give people um, just it doesn't leave it open to what they think it's about so I'm not going to dive into that but um, yeah it was a fun track it was one of the last ones we did for the record and uh, we had the girls and Amina come in and spend a few hours and play the strings um, and it's one of my favorite ones to play live nice well let's let the track speak for itself here we go Vampire on My Fridge
to the interview show. This is Scott Wood, your host. You just heard Vampire on My Fridge, the Pharaoh remix. That's by a band called Low Roar. The original track is off their second record, Zero. I am here sweating in the tour van with two members of the band. Ryan just actually wiped himself down with a towel. It's that warm. I would love it if we could talk a little bit more about Vampire on My Fridge. How about we get his bandmate? Well, I'll ask to introduce himself because I cannot pronounce his name. Hi, my name is Lever. I'm in a band called Low Roar. Uh, yeah, that uh, I agree with Ryan. It's one of my favorite tracks to play live. Um, that remix you heard was actually by uh, by Pharaoh, who's a super talented Norwegian artist, and uh, and a friend of ours. We played shows with uh, played some shows with her. Um, yeah, it's just. Uh, I like the track. It's kind of epic, like how we how we play it. At least, like, has um, strong elements from electronic music in there, but but it's also very melodic and uh, yeah. It's uh, I think it's a nice moment in the set when we play it. All right, guys from Low Roar, you released your remix album through BitTorrent. I'd love you to walk me through why you decided to do it that way. Actually, our label thought that this was going to be a good idea. And then he just said, "Hey, we want to release. Uh, we want to release this through BitTorrent, a remix thing, just to put something out. And we want to release the live show with you guys and Amina." And we said, "Okay." Did they pitch it to you with some logic as to why they chose this route? No, they just wanted um, like a something else to put out, and um, they had a few people that wanted to remix stuff and. We said, sure, why not? That was it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a simple and direct answer. Low Roar, we're talking about your second record, Zero, today. Ryan, I'd love you to tell me about the songwriting process. How do these songs start in your head? And then how do you build them into a finished product? Um, it just depends on what, what the song is. or what you know. Some of them, I get um, almost the whole thing. Some of them, I just get a piece. And then I have to kind of, uh, you know, put it somewhere and then we work it kind of a bit together and, and feel where it should go. Some of them I get the, the full song with the lyrics. Some of them I have like one lyric in my head and then I'll go, I'll write the rest of the song based upon that probably when we're getting ready to record. So it just depends on the song and what, what it feels like. Generally the, the ones that are more acoustic based are the ones that come out as an entire thing. Um, the ones that are more... Uh, electronic based and uh, different things like that those kind of come in, in bits and pieces and then you, you're fooling around with them but we're really good at working together so we um, can generally just start to do something then uh, within no time we've got something flowing you know. and if it's not then you just leave it behind a bit so. Low Roar at the end of the show I usually let the guest pick a track but today I'm going to pick my favorite low roar track. I'm going to play Dreamer off your second record, Zero. So, Ryan, I would love you to talk a bit about Dreamer as I bring up the music. Dreamer. That was the second song that was written. I didn't think it, it wasn't going to be on the album, actually. It was a last-minute decision because I only did one recording of it, and the recording I did of it was um, you know, just one mic, and I was just singing and, 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 and played it as a demo. And then at the end, I thought the album maybe needed something. So I asked Andrew, I said, hey, what about this? We can't mix it because it's just one mic. So you can't take vocals up or guitar down. And, and the vocals in that are especially loud because I had the mic really close up. Um, 
but I managed to find the wave file because it was stuck on Mike's computer because I was using his studio. And um, who is this Mike? Mike is the guy who's now happier. It's the guy from London who, yeah. So, um, yeah, and that was that. And then um, it just seemed to fit. And now I'm really glad that we did that. Um, but yeah, I'm not going to tell you what it's about. You can figure it out. How about you? Would you like to weigh in on this track? On Dreamer, um, I, I really think it's one of these tracks that just speaks for itself, kind of. And, yeah, I don't know. It's fun to play live. It's fun to play live. It's a nice, it's, like, you know, because we come out of some heavy stuff. We come out of you, You've said that about every track. No, but it, I, I, I like playing our set, actually, and, and we come out of Vampire into this you know so it's a big transition you know coming out of something and then we have to be very dynamic and then you know I started off and then these dudes do their thing and kill it so this is a uh, this is a thing we we uh, think about and, wor- and work on is like the dynamics of the sets like the like the set being this whole kind of thing you know so uh, Dreamer definitely um, you know it brings a it brings uh, like that quiet kind of atmosphere to the to the set kind of how, and how the set is built up kind of thing you know nice thanks for your time guys i really appreciate you spending some time sweating in your van with me thanks for being on my show thank you scott thanks scott nurse me back to Believe I was poisoned I think I've been poisoned Cause the holes in my head They keep me
Interview. Is there anything that I haven't asked that maybe I should have? No. I think you did great. I think that actually this was a, a fun interview. The the only sucky part is that it's in this hot ass van, but the uh, the questions were really good. I enjoyed it. Oh, you're sweet to say that. Thank you. What do you think? Um, I agree with Ryan. Yeah. Good good time. If there's anything else that you feel that fans of Low Roar need to know, here's your chance. Um. I don't know. Just, yeah, I mean, come and see us live because I think we're fun live. You'll see it. You haven't seen us live, right? So this will be your first time. I think it's better than the album. Hey, this is Ryan from Low Roar, and you're listening to The Interview Show with Scott Wood.